to another episode of Too Young to Be This Old. I'm Andy, and I got my co-host Ben here with me tonight. How's it going, everyone? And we do not have a guest tonight. <laughs> We've had a lot of guest podcasts recently, uh, and tonight we, we plan to, but we did not. So, just going to be us, so you'll just have to deal with only listening to our two beautiful voices. Uh, but... Real quick intro for everybody. If you uh, want to hit us up on social media, we are on Facebook at Too Young to Be This Old on Facebook, also at Twitter, and it is all linked in the show notes. The Twitter handle has been recently simplified to just the initials of the podcast, so at TYTBTO. We'll find our Twitter for you. Uh, also, you can find our website at podcast.tooyoungtobethisold.com. And one day in the very distant, possibly never future, we will join the realm of video on YouTube, but it's becoming more of a pain than we care to deal with right now. <laughs> it, so, it really is. So one day it'll happen. Yeah, um, one day at the beginning of February, it yes. will happen. So our topic this week is going to be uh, very Atlanta-focused. It is going to be about the masquerade, uh, memories of a lost, and we put that in air quotes, uh, venue. So we're going to be talking about... Me and Ben's probably favorite venue or most memorable concert venue uh, here in Atlanta. The only concert venue where I knew that I was going to walk into a venue, get in a pit, and get the shit kicked out of me, and still almost get shanked on the way out of it. So the <laughs> the, the threat of danger was always real, there was... and adrenaline <laughs> makes things so much more exciting. Yes, the masquerade always had a threat. It always felt like... If the floor wasn't about to cave in, you might die on the way back to the car. Yeah, the homeless people living outside were going to ask you for $10 the entire time that uh, that you were waiting and there. And there was that chain link parking lot that you didn't know if you had to pay or not. But before we before we dive too deep into some of our personal experiences on the masquerade, I'm going to let Ben drop that history lesson on you guys. About yeah, and the, the early the early beans of the masquerade as we know as we knew it. Yeah, so actually, um, it is in the Atlanta Historic Society, but not necessarily because of it being the masquerade. Uh, it originally opened as the Dupree Excelsior Mill. Um, if you don't know what Excelsior is, it is um, wood wool. So it was very popularly used um, in the early 1900s as um, stuffing for toys like teddy bears and stuff like that. Um, it is said that it was built in like 1890, but the first signs of it showing up as an actual building is in 1907 when, uh, somebody died at the mill. Right. And there was like some reference to the mill earlier about, yeah, due to a death, but According yeah, to the report, it it occurred at the Atlanta Excelsior Works, which there was like three different mills back then yeah. in in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 <laughs> unsure ambiguous if, if, date as to when it was when it was built. Yeah. Which built sometime between history. 1890 and 1907. Yes. So we have us Some, a gap there. Yeah, um, somewhere in that range. And making it right, it like you said, it's an Atlanta historical. Uh, it's part of the Atlanta Historical Society, meaning it's a historical building. So, uh, as you can see, it'll it'll it has an expanding history because you can't get rid of it. You can't get rid of it, and you can also not make changes that um, 
aren't already part of the original structure. Yeah, you can't significantly change the structure. Correct. Um, it closed in 1977 after like the demand for Excelsior had dropped greatly, and uh, I, some people call it Excelsior as it wood wool, as we said earlier. Um, it's I, I, let me give you a little wood wool tidbit, uh, tidbit here. <laughs> um, they use it to stop erosion. Oh, that's interesting. So that's what it's used for nowadays, but that demand is is greatly decreased. Right. Uh, but just because the mill closed in 1977 doesn't mean we're at the end. Of course, we know there's more history there. It yeah. reopened as a pizzeria and barrio, which I the didn't only, know about this part. Yeah. Well, the only no known idea. the only known name I could find for it in my research was it was known as the Excelsior Mill. The Excelsior Mill. Yeah. Exactly. So that that came to be in like 1978 is when that started, and it became right. a big hotbed in the Atlanta jazz scene uh, because it had a Wolitzer organ, which I'm not a huge music person, but again, in research, it, basically these were the top-of-the-line organs that were right. all... Right, that's yeah. top-of-the-line, so in downtown Atlanta at the time, it was, you know... Seen as yeah. probably the premier premier jazz venue due to this organ, right? But they also did uh, Shakespearean plays and movies here as well. God, so it was I just would kill to go back in time and hang out for one night at the Excelsior Mill. Exactly, <laughs> the pizzeria uh, it, and barrio. Yeah, it just it so it cool. sounds sounds like it was like like a, like you said a, a hotbed of culture there, and that lasted yeah. actually all the way up until. There's a little bit of overlap between the pizzeria and barrio and the the masquerade as a nightclub. Um, yeah. So like 1988, it's started making the shift over to the masquerade, but up until 89, the pizzeria and barrio were still like a part of the masquerade. That's so freaking cool. Even though so, going to the masquerade, I don't know if I'd want to eat any food that comes out of that building. Yeah, I capacity. would never eat That's... anything. I would never drink <laughs> anything that wasn't sealed in a can or a bottle. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and we're going to put pictures so you guys can see what this place looked like, right? If you are not, I mean, if you're from, if you're local and you were in Atlanta, you guys all know what the masquerade looks like. Um but like you said, so 1989 is kind of, I guess, the, right, the official start of it being the masquerade after that weird overlap period. Yes, it's the the official start. And to me, looking back on the history of this venue, from not the standpoint like what me and you have of our memories, but if you look at some of the bands that played the masquerade, it's a who's who of, you know, your big name artists from the the early 90s the early oh, yeah. 2000s i mean you All had Nirv- you had nirvana smashing pumpkins green day the dave matthews band faith no more foo fighters weezer queens of the stone age the killers panic at the disco i know i said nine we weren't going to read all these but we were, we're yeah nine inch nails alice in chains stone temple pilots rage against the machine tool iron maiden marilyn manson the misfits danzig blink 182 Dio, um, Dio, <laughs> Seven <laughs> Dust, Mastodon, Dropkick Murphys, um, Weird Al. I mean, just there's so many people that played there. Um, yeah, and one thing I want to I want to roll back a bit. It's tons of people play there, but I want to talk about also the layout of the Masquerade because it's something we take for granted. 
Um, yes, and yes, how it is. unique it is, right? Yes. So, so the way the masquerade you want you want to you want to lay it out? Yeah, let me let me lay it out. Go ahead. Quick. Go ahead. So the way the masquerade is laid out is there are basically three, well, four venues in one area. <laughs> so you had in inside the actual mill itself, you had an upper level that was called Heaven. You had was it like Purgatory and Hell were basically on the same level. They were basically on the same level. Yeah, You'd maybe but you had step. <laughs> yeah, you had you had Purgatory and you had Hell. So Heaven was the biggest venue. Purgatory a little bit smaller, and then Hell being the smallest, more intimate venue yes. that they had there. And then outside, they opened a outdoor music park yes, as well. Music park. So you had the ability to have, and another thing is when you would go to one of these shows, you may have three shows playing at the same time. Right. So you're lining up with a group of people that could be going to a metal show, a ska show up at the top, you know, a rap show going on in, in, in one of the levels. Like you just had the most diverse group of people all going in and, and you really didn't know who was going to see what half the time. Yeah. So it's it it made for a lot yeah, of interesting did. moments just waiting yes. outside. Oh yeah, because half the time you'd be like, "Wait, am I at the right place?" Yeah, you really you would really <laughs> I, get that vibe. I don't know if all these people are going to the show I'm going to. It's right. Just, but it had a really cool layout, which also lent itself to like awesome. I know the first time I went there, getting ahead into some stories, was a battle of the bands, and because of that layout, right, they could have multiple bands going at once. They were able to just churn through bands that night. Um, but it was a cool venue for something like that because you could just kind of pop between. So normally, right, you couldn't just go between all the all the uh, different areas unless you there was an event, right, that had all of them open. But for something like a battle of bands, you could pop over to hell, have a drink, sit down, watch a band, go over to go over to purgatory, and then go up to heaven and watch some of the you know, quote unquote, bigger bands play through the night. So that, that was always my favorite when I got to kind of jump around the venue. You had to be careful about jumping around at the venue uh, though. You did. You did. <laughs> Let's get into some of the, um, the, the stories before we get into our personal stories and, right. And yes. some of the stories the... that we grabbed from, <laughs> from a great the masquerade Reddit post. has some of my favorite Atlanta urban legends attributed to it. And also just some legitimately weird shit that has gone down <laughs> with the masquerade. So, uh, one, it is, it is, uh, one of Atlanta's, uh, uh, haunted like hotbeds, I guess. Right. It's, it's considered a haunted building. Um, there's been tons of reports of people seeing things, right? The most popular one, the one that I heard even before I knew what the masquerade was, is that there's like a large, tall man walking around the club. And the uh, the story was that all the every night or every once in a while at night, the, the next morning, uh, they would come in and all the amplifiers had been turned around. So all the big speakers had been turned and that would happen on regular. And that's something you would hear from the staff too, that yeah, next morning, everything's turned backwards. Um, so that's weird. Uh, also, there's a lot of reports of uh, people who, you know, would work there when it was empty, right? Uh, a lot of cold spots in the building. And then like just 
blood-curdling screams coming from the back of the stairs um, when there's nobody there. Uh, the urban legend for that is uh, people believe the, the screaming that happens is from a young woman who died in a nightclub accident. Um, and then... You'll elaborate on nightclub accident. Yeah, there, there's really not much detail in the lore. It's just a nightclub accident. Okay. <laughs> all I kept finding for the Scream story. But um, th- those were like the earlier rumors. And then over time, the, the most popular um, masquerade rumor uh, that kind of took over all all rumors of is a masquerade haunted or not it, it just was become it became a a well-known atlanta fact quote-unquote that a vampire lived at the masquerade yeah i see i had heard that's the only one i had heard yeah oh i'd heard all um, the screaming ones and the uh the like things getting turned around and just like creepy stuff when when from like staff right so also there was some weird circumstances surrounding the owner's death you were telling me about yeah, yeah. So real quick, there's the vampire, right? So the belief is that the vampire lives on the grounds of the masquerade and and hides in the uh, in the unused portions of the you know old mill. Uh, but yeah, so that's the that's the urban legends, things we can't you know necessarily totally confirm. But around the time that uh, the masquerade was uh, actually in in the process of moving from its location, spoiler alert, um, there was a very interesting circumstance with the death of the owner. Uh, so in 2013, uh, he overdosed on heroin. So that led to his death. It was ruled as a heroin overdose from the start. So then, uh, like years later, uh, which I say years later being in 2017, uh, the the owner's longtime girlfriend was brought back in for questioning about this. She had been known previously in being involved in the death of a Google executive. Uh, she was found guilty in 2008 of uh, felony involuntary manslaughter and administering drugs uh basically she stabbed the dude from google with a whole bunch of heroin and then uh walked over his body and like finished his drink (laughs) and that was actually like caught on on a on a um surveillance camera so basically they reopened the case a few years later saying that they they still want to say that this guy died of an accidental overdose, but they were going to bring her in for questioning and possibly have her deported because she's not from here. Uh, there's also tons of things about this lady being known as the call girl killer or the harbor hooker. Oh, She's a Canadian citizen living in the U.S. with a green card. Okay, and apparently killing people with heroin. Apparently killing people with heroin. But yeah, she stepped over the Google guy's body while holding a glass of red wine, and he was found the next morning. Um, And then was with the owner of the masquerade when he died. Um, And there's still no definite uh, 
conclusion to the case, it is still an unsolved and under investigation case as of today. Uh, so nobody knows exactly what happened there, obviously, but some but, weird circumstances around that. Yeah, yeah, I can I can definitely it, see that. Yeah, it's so, got it, a so overall masquerade as a complicated and weird history, and it's not over. Um, it's still, still continuing on. Right, but. It, it's funny hearing to me hearing these urban legends and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of the probably more skeptical people and being in that building several, (laughs) several times, man, building was old. Blood curling screams can happen quite a bit when wood moves and shifts, right? Which will happen in an old building like that. Um, and also when you hear a lot of these stories, um, your mind plays tricks on you in those those situations. But oh yeah, skeptical, I, mean, I still remember being yeah. in high school and having people be like, "Oh, I went there and I saw, you know, I saw somebody walking yeah. around. And it was the vampire, I, like you know, all that, all yeah. that kind of ridiculous yeah. stuff." I can just say, going to those shows, if you were there super early or if you stayed super late, there was definitely a different vibe. It that got you, weird. And yeah, like, I guess you it, can partially blame me for uh, for bringing you there early plenty of times. Yeah, because you had this thing <laughs> where a show started at 7 and we were parking the car at 3.30. <laughs> like, you gotta be in front, man. God, man. You gotta be in front. But Andy, you don't understand. We were always bigger than 90% of the people there. We could have got to the front regardless of when we showed up. That is... 110% true. But I that's kind of the quick rundown <laughs> of the Masquerade's history as at its right. uh, previous and I'm gonna, location. I'm going to throw some links in because it's an interesting read regardless if you're from here and you've spent time going or maybe you didn't go a lot. It is the Masquerade has always been fascinating to me to read about and to just look at little things. Every once in a while I find something that I hadn't heard before um which is just you know, it's just kind of cool, and especially if you uh, grew up here or spent a lot of time here and, and constantly went past that building. Yeah, it, it, to me, because I, I didn't start going there until closer to the end. That's true. Um, I can remember the first time I went there, I was like, dude, what are we doing here? This is where people go to die. Because, like, right across the street is Murder Kroger. Right, Murder Kroger, and and if you don't know that, I'm not going to get too in-depth to it, but there is a Kroger in Atlanta where multiple dead bodies have have just happened. Yeah. <laughs> happened to be found. They tried to, the funniest thing, I'm going to go on a side, side tangent real quick, the funniest thing is they tried to rename that Kroger to Beltline Kroger, and they even put up a plaque that said this is Beltline Kroger, so... This may make no sense that we're calling Kroger things, but every single Kroger in Atlanta has a nickname. There's Disco Kroger, there's Murder Kroger, etc. So the the next day after they started saying we're going to call this Beltline Kroger, uh, there was a dead body found. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it had Just... been years since the first uh, you know reason for calling it Murder Kroger happened. <laughs> next day, a dead body was found, and then like a week later, there was another incident where somebody died on the premises. Right, I, it just. Uh, yeah, so the first time I went there, that was definitely 
the, the, yeah, there was the, the murder thing. Kroger, and then there was a cross. You know, remember directly across? It's now been re- renovated. There was that huge old abandoned shelled out building uh, that was previously an old Sears. And then was not uh, n- not just an old Sears, an old Sears Roebuck. Sears Roebuck, yeah. Excuse me, and and then it became uh, East Atlanta City Hall when Atlanta was still East and West Atlanta. <laughs> so and then sat abandoned for a very long time. So it was always uh, intimidating, but the I remember the first time I went was in like two thousand six or uh, 2005 2006 time range um because i was seeing uh the dawsonville local band the status playing a battle of the bands over there oh okay i, re- I remember that band i went to school yeah. with that band yeah you did um, <laughs> but the um i think it was the time me and you went to to get into some of the 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 personal stories oh yes so last time I had went to a show at the Masquerade, the building was super dilapidated. And like you were talking about, the chain link parking area where could you, could you not park there? Was yeah, it was there. always a question. Can you, can you not park? Do you have to pay? Do you not have to pay? You don't know. Right. You don't know. Uh, um. So I'm sitting there and... I know what I'm getting into this time, and I'm like, all right, I, this is just, it's sketchy. I know what I'm getting into. This isn't like I'm getting thrown into it the first time, <laughs> like it was last time. But yes. I get there, and instead of it being sketchy, there's these nice apartments. Right. There's a park here now, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we at the right place? And oh, yeah. then Andy whips out his phone and goes, no, you got to check this out. So he pulls up <laughs> Google Maps, and it shows everything nice and and nice and perfect but there's one little spot of grass that you can click on and if you zoom in on it it transports you back in time to the time that land forgot when it was shitty masquerade yes outside and, of it and that is that is some of my first and and some of the best memories was of shitty masquerade um, <laughs> yeah so before we get into into masquerade got nice for a little bit i want to talk about some shitty masquerade all right so Start us off. Right. So the first time I went there, it was in 2005. I'm a young boy, and I was dropped off by my dad, and he was like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Son, I don't want you to die. Um, so there was worries. I'm pretty sure he didn't go home, and he just, like, circled the block for hours until, you know, we, we, we said we were ready to, to leave. Because um, I doubt that man went very far yeah. um, after dropping What off was your first show? Friends. What was your first show there? So the first show that wasn't... Oh, yeah. So the first show right, technically was that Battle of the Bands. Okay, that was, was your first, first time at the Masquerade. First time at the Masquerade. But okay. my first show at the Masquerade... I'm trying to make sure I get this right because I went to so many shows there. I think my first... Oh man, no, that can't be. I want to say it was probably one of the my first Streetlight show was my first show at the Masquerade that wasn't a Battle of the Bands or something. Okay. Yeah, because that would have been that wouldn't have been that that far off. That would have been like 2008 ish time period was the first time I saw Streetlight 
at the masquerade and god that is more than 10 years ago ben yeah i was about to say and, my, uh... and i'm gonna put it in the post because i have one of my favorite pictures from that show it was streetlight it was in heaven and me and a bunch of friends went we did that thing where we showed up super early like i did to you um and some of my best some of the f- the coolest things that would happen at the masquerade was uh, you would usually get to interact with the artist a lot because there was really not much separation. Uh, like there is in other venues from like where the sausage is made and, and where you watch the sausage being made. Um, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like the backstage areas were very just out there. The... Um, you know, everything was kind of just there, right? The, the the way that they would load equipment was that there was a, um, and I don't remember if you ever saw this. Um, yeah, over there on the right side, the, the right. old mill lift door. There was an old mill lift that they would have to, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of crank up the drum sets and, and the speakers and everything up from the parking lot. And I'm pretty sure I remember, like, watching, you know, worried band members and techs try to do that and just hope that all their stuff wasn't going to shatter. Yeah, because um, that thing never looks stable. But and that's know, where you always went after the show. Yeah, because that's where the band would be there. And that's where the band would be because they were trying would... to get the fuck out. Yep. But my favorite thing, you know, we got there super early. We're hanging around, and then like we're all eating uh, another Atlanta staple. We're all eating varsity food. Uh, Hell yes. Around on the big steps that lead up to heaven uh, from the outside, right? Because was, that was the outside stairs Yep. on the side of the building. And the uh, one of the sax players from Streetlight just happens to sit a few steps up from us. He also has a thing of varsity and just is eating. And he's like, hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> just like shoots the shit with us for like 30 minutes. And we're just talking to him. And we're like, oh, my God. Because <laughs> we're all tiny, tiny baby high schoolers. And we're so excited. Um yeah. But that was that was the first show show, and I remember remember how hot heaven is because it had no AC to speak of. Um, the building had no time. AC to speak. The building of. had no AC. There was quote unquote fans. And yeah. Bullshit. Those those fans were like from the mill to probably just filter air out, but not to actually cool you and keep you from thinking you were going to die. Oh no. Okay. So my first show, it's funny that you say your first show was Streetlight. Uh, I saw Streetlight at my first show, but my first show was Real Big Fish. Real Big Fish and Streetlight. It was the concert that I bailed on some people that wanted to go, and I was like, nah, I don't feel like going. So another one of our misconnections. We'll, we'll get into misconnections yes. a little bit later. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I had had my buddy Sean who was like, hey, we're going to go down to the show. I've got an extra ticket. Do you want to go? I, at the time, had never heard of Real Big Fish. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that. That's yeah, so but I, this was this was 2009. Because this was, it, it, I, yeah, I'd been out of high school for a couple of years. Oh, there you go. All right. But th- this was my first concert ever was at the Masquerade. This was like oh, first, really? first concert ever. Oh, um, damn. Going to... And I was like, sure, I don't, I, you know, I'm not doing anything else. Why don't we just go? So I go down there. <laughs> we're listening to Real Big Fish on the way down there, and I remember some of their song. I like, I, I knew, I knew of them once I heard. I mean, them. you would, you would have to have like heard Sellout or something. Yeah, Sellout because of basketball. Yeah. Um. But so like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is pretty, pretty okay music. I like it. Um. We get there. It's me, Sean, and a girl he was dating at the time. Um. 
we did not get there early like you do. So we get there. Right. But nobody's there yet because the opening band, I can't remember the name. There were two opening bands. I cannot remember the name of the second one. I just remember the dude played a Zach Wilde edition guitar and I thought it was Ooh. so cool. Nice. The op- the band before that was Ruby Agogo or Ruby Rodeo. I mean, don't feel bad. I've seen plenty of bands there that, that I you don't remember. remember yeah, I just, I just want to give. They were amazing. I just, I just want to, I just wanted to, to let people know. You know, I, I, I remember them being there. I just don't remember yeah, them. It's just sometimes um, it's hard to remember. And then everybody's amped for Streetlight to come on, and I thought it was the so worst bad. show. I thought it was the, I thought it was the worst performance I had ever seen a band perform. Once again, a good decision by your boy Andy not to go to that show. <laughs> I had a feeling. But uh, your heart wasn't in it. Yeah, that. that's the best. That's the best way to say. It. <laughs> but I, I vividly remember at one point during their show, they started at a circle pit, and, and that floor start start buckling. The, oh, the you? floor started giving. But I noticed yeah. shortly when the circle pit started, uh, Sean wanted to use it as the opportunity to move to the <laughs> rail because you know everybody's moved around. That was a perfect opportunity to like move forward and get on the rail. So he goes to do that, and he loses me, but he says he remembers looking back, and because, like I said, a lot of these people are fresh out of high school. I'm yes. I'm 20 years old. <laughs> I just go straight through the middle of the circle pit <laughs> because I don't care. Oh, and God. we all get to the rail, and I can, I'll never forget being on the rail because oh, yes. it was Sean's girlfriend Sean and then me over top of both of them right. trying to make sure that we didn't get crushed. Didn't get crushed because so the rail, if you haven't been there, I want to talk about it. It was it was like a, a wood bar. Um it, no, it wasn't like, a bar. It no, no, it wasn't a bar, but I mean wall. like uh like like a you know, like a almost like a bar like a bar style, right? Where it's just these panels yeah. of wood, it's a wall of wood, and then there's like a, a base to it up at the top, and it's not just a straight wall, right? There's this jut that comes out. Yeah, it that, and that jut for, for me is right on my lower rib. And so, and for me too, because we are of similar height. Yes. So right when you're when you're on when you're on that that front wave, your hands are in full lock position to keep and you were, your body off. You were an offensive lineman. You were just yeah, trying to hold you, back the surge. Yeah, and and you're failing the whole time, but you're having a great time. No, you're having a fantastic time. I mean, when you're younger. Yeah, yeah, when you're young. <laughs> but I'll but never I forget. I remember. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll never forget like that happening, and then at one point. <laughs> One point, apparently, enough of a gap formed in between me and Sean that this tiny girl squeezed in the gap of protection. Oh, right. And I'm yeah, just yeah. like, okay, this is weird. I don't <laughs> know you. I don't and know we're you. Way too close now. I'm not trying to touch you, but I'm being yeah. thrown into you. Yeah, I've had that yeah. exact so, same scenario. <laughs> yeah. And it's so very awkward. Were, and you're like, I'm trying to be respectful. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful, but there's. 300 people behind me <laughs> refusing respect right now. Slamming me into you. <laughs> yeah. And it's very um, inappropriate. But yeah, that was my first masquerade and I thought it was so much fun. Real big fish played a great set. Uh, I became a ska fan that night. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes, and we're born again, me, son. <laughs> me. Yeah, exactly. 
me and Sean did that thing where you like you were talking about. We rolled off to the side and we talked to Dan, the oh, nice. saxophone player for Real Big Fish, for like you said, yeah. like thirty minutes. Oh, Sean so had Sean had him sign his shoe. Nice. Because he had gotten everybody but him to sign the shoe last time he saw a real big fish at the match. Oh, that's so good. So that happened, and uh, it was a, it was just, it was a fun night all the way around. Like I said, it was my first concert, and I was like, oh, I really want to go back to more of those. Yep, and and we did. I mean, <laughs> yep. What I was gonna say is, you reminded me of something that happened at that first Streetlight show. Was one of my other friends was there, but he didn't ride in with me, so he was he had gone there with another group of friends. Those so two groups that were there, obviously because I ran the show for the first group, I was like, we're getting there early, <laughs> and that's why we were up in the front. So this other friend was way in the back, and there was kind of that similar moment you talked about, right, where people started moving aside, and he he was telling me the story after the show because he's like i could see you and then the lead singer from streetlight said we're gonna play a song from our first album and the whole crowd like responded by like throwing themselves backwards and he was just thrown into some other circle pit that was ongoing and, and <laughs> never saw me again throughout the night but yeah, I, will, yeah. I will put the picture as a part of the the post you can see me and my cousin and some friends just literally drenched in sweat. Like, yeah. our shirts are just soaked. Once you left the masquerade, there were, were two things. There were two things that had to happen: Waffle House for rehydration, yes, and shower before you went to sleep. Yes. Oh my god, I I, I yeah. wrestled in high school. And there were times where I left the masquerade more exhausted than any wrestling practice that I have ever been through. 110%. 110%. But I I loved going there, and I saw so many shows there. So many weird bands um, that I, I wish I remembered the name of. Like, there was this one band, and I was trying, Lon and I were trying to remember the band's name, but we could not. But this band was up in heaven. They opened for um, for Birthday Massacre, which is one of Lana's favorite bands. And they did, like, this performance art thing while they were playing. Like, they had these people dressed up as goblins doing body paint on other people. And it would be in relation to the music. And then those people would dance around with the band while they were doing it. It was freaking bizarre. But it was fantastic, and I wish I could remember their name. Um, we we saw some band from Japan play called like Oral Vampire, and I was like, of course, you're continuing the vampire theme here at the Masquerade, um, where it was just this uh, Japanese lady like singing really really pretty music in Japanese, and then just like trippy visuals behind her on like a tiny projection screen. <laughs> like, it was just so many bizarre acts. That I don't think a lot of the things is like one we talked about. You'd see a ton of big acts at the masquerade that they, they kind of came through, but you also get some really unique smaller bands that would get a chance to play, you know, at the masquerade. And yeah, they did. They they definitely support. I mean, even even nowadays, they yes. do a lot of support for the local music scene, which is like I'm like. I hate they're not in the old location, but at the same yeah, token, same it's here. still nice to see that. Uh, it's still nice to see that they're still doing that support because, like, I mean, if you follow the Masquerade on Twitter 
or on Facebook, you're getting like three notifications a day oh, that yeah. somebody's playing. At, somebody's somebody's playing, playing there. And I mean, we are yeah. both so old that, that rarely do I know that person who is playing, but I'm happy for him. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of local support there. A lot of weird, bizarre bands. Um, before I launch into some of the other stuff, like I I don't know. Did you ever go see anything at the music park? Uh, yes, yes, I did. What did you um, see at the music park? So, ooh, I saw a title fight, a day to remember, what? and rise against at the music oh, park. Nice. So, title fight. There was no hype. But a friend of mine was a big fan of them. So when I said, yeah, I saw, you know, these were the bands I saw. She goes, oh, that's awesome. At the time, I had no clue who A Day to Remember was. I'm so mad. At all. And didn't know But, (laughs) yeah, I I, I was straight up there for Rise Against. Uh, Um, I was there for Rise Against. But I saw A Day to Remember, and I just remember loving everything about the energy and remember getting a rib. It didn't break, but I'm pretty sure I cracked a rib in that pit. Totally, totally expect that out of data. Remember, um, and at one point he started walking through the crowd in a zorb. Oh my god! So I remember all of that happening, and then I remember at Rise Against, since I could not breathe on my own at this point, I had to sit back <laughs> to listen to them. But I was really impressed with how well at the music park you could oh, see sound? from everywhere. Yeah, and you could also and see. The, and the yeah. sound, yeah. The sound, sound was, was great, and you could, you could see from everywhere. I yeah. saw a pretty interesting show at the Masquerade Music Park, and it also has some one of my favorite Masquerade stories. So this show was probably in 2008, 2009. So because I keep saying these years, there was a period of time, basically all of high school and a lot of the start of college, the thing that Andy did was go to music shows non-freaking-stop. So sometimes I forget how many shows I went to. and then I think A lot. So many shows at so many different venues, and there's probably masquerade shows I don't remember anymore because it's 2019, and that's a lot of high lives ago. So, yeah. um, But anyway, so this show at the Masquerade Music Park was the first time I was going to the music park. I had no idea how it worked, what it looked like, where it was. And I was like, it's behind the Masquerade? How do I get to it, right? And continuing to add to the confusion of the Masquerade building in general, there's usually no place that tells you where to line up. You generally know for the, for the, the shows inside, you line up at the front. But for the music park, I was like, do I line up on the side of the weird building? Do I line up on the front? I don't know. So I got dropped off, and this this show was going to be uh, this band called Ozma, smaller band. They're gone since. Um, a band that was up and coming at the time, and then I think kind of fizzled, called Shiny Toy Guns. They were real hot back then. Uh, Yellow Card. And Blue mm-hmm. October. Interesting. Uh, a very interesting set. So right when I got there, which once again, super early, somehow. 3.30 in the afternoon. Super. I convinced my dad to get me out of school early. Because you know what I can do? I can sell. Um, and I convinced him to get me out of school and take me there early. So he he was like, yeah, you know, sure, let's do that. So he dropped me off there super early. Once again, this is old school masquerade, so you got the chain link fence, everything's sketchy. There's no reason I should have been dropped off here, but I guess he trusted that I'd be okay. 
Um, You'd return so, from enough of these trips by now. He's like, yeah, you've gone to so many and you make it back every time, so you must be doing something right. But the first thing that happens, uh, I get dropped off on the side of the building near the chain link uh, fence of doom. Because I'm like, just drop me off here. I don't know where to go, so just drop me off here. So I'm walking around, and the first thing I see is the lead singer of Blue October is standing across the street from me smoking a cigarette, and he's on his phone. And he, like, gets off his phone for a second, and is just like, hey, man, how you doing? And I was like, I'm good. How are you? And he was like, I'm good, you know, just getting ready for tonight. I'm like, yeah, me too. And this is where I think some confusion sets in for everybody who was around the massacre at this point. I started getting mistaken for somebody who either worked there or was in one of the opening bands. So everybody (laughs) started coming up and talking to me, and they did not know I was just there to go see the show. So the drummer from Yellow Card comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? Gives me a high five. And like continues off walking lead singer of yellow card comes up talks to me for a bit and i'm just like walking around and i'm legitimately like where the hell do i go in where do i go stand um and at one point they're backstage like, at this point well you're you're spoiling like so oh, I, I, i've never heard this story i'm just taking oh, you, a guess you've never heard it okay so, no i've never heard the story i'm just i'm just taking a guess uh, you're here taking a taking a good guess so i'm walking around walking around i see some of the people from ozma because i'll say i'm real i was real weird about concerts when i was younger i would look up who was playing and then i would research all of them and find out about them and know about the band beforehand um even if i didn't know the band i would be like days ahead just looking to them. So I saw some guys that looked like they were from Osmond. I was like, oh, cool. Said hey to them. And then I saw somebody who I knew worked at the Masquerade. Because if you go to the Masquerade and you're familiar with the Masquerade, that staff has been there forever. There is yep. still people I see working at the Masquerade now that were working there in 2005. Like, it is a steady group of people who work there. So I saw a girl that I knew worked there. And I had seen her before. And I was like, hey, uh, where do I go? And she was like, oh, right back here. You're with Ozma, right? And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> 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 and I just kind of, um, you know, let myself in uh, back back behind the stage and uh, looked around. And I was like, oh, there's all the stuff for Blue October. There's this guitar that's real cool. And I just kind of kind of wandered. And uh, and then finally somebody else was like, hey, can I help you find something, man? Um, are you looking for your equipment? I was like, nah, I'm looking where to line up for the show tonight. And he's like, oh, just just go out and wait by the gate on the other side. And I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> so I just took took a nice little tour for a bit. And uh, and then eventually there's this uh, creepy gate that looks like would be the gate to a vampire's home, because it probably is. Um, that that was iron the, rot gate yes, on the left Yes, the iron right gate there. on the far left. Which was also the entrance to the haunted house that would be often yep. hosted at the masquerade, which yep. I never went to because uh, that sounded way too scary. Like, no, <laughs> no, <Nah>, bro, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, but I remember I then just kind of waited, you know, for freaking ever because it was still probably only like 4:30 in the afternoon, and the show wasn't until like seven. And uh, the funniest thing to me is, like, literally almost every band that came up because I was right in the front, they, like, waved to me and were like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> like, so that was the most fun, like, artist interaction that I got entirely accidentally at uh, at the Good Old Masquerade. It's one of those things where you just fake it till you make it when you're down there. It's exactly what it was. <laughs> because I, I, 
I know just so I guess getting into I mean I I don't have any stories as cool as that. There's one story you haven't told yet. Oh that yeah, you need I know. that's to my tell. favorite story, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna that you need to, yeah, you need yeah, to tell, tell that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. The next time I went to the masquerade was with you. Yes. To see Streetlight, and this was another one of those. Andy had to sell me on going to see Streetlight because <laughs> after my yeah, no, well, this didn't matter. I was working at GameStop yeah. then. Oh, that's true. That's true. Game retail uh, establishment. Yeah, but um, we go to see Streetlight. Or no, was it Streetlight we went saw, or was it less than Jake and Real Big Fish? I'm trying to remember which one came first. I'm pretty sure we went and saw Streetlight twice successfully. Yes, and once not so successfully. And once not successfully. So it was Streetlight. Then it was less than Jake and Real Big Fish, and then okay. it was Streetlight. Again. So, so it's the first time that we went and saw Streetlight, and it was just me and you. Yes. It wasn't. In, there were no other parties involved. Yeah, correct, correct. Um, like Andy has mentioned several times, we get there at like three or four in the afternoon. For a sh- the doors aren't even going to open till six. It is middle of June in Georgia with like eighty five percent humidity. It is so hot. It's so we hot. are standing outside, and I I swear. There were moments of this day while we were waiting outside where I was contemplating if this friendship was going to survive over. the heat. And do I remember right? Was that also the day of the bomb scare or was that a different time that we went? That was the day of... That was the that, less than Jake one, I think, right? No, the less than less than Jake was the Bob, the, the luge thing going on. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Okay, so every time Ben and I go to the masquerade, something weird is happening. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we go to the masquerade, something weird. So this time we show up. I get to see the the nice looking part of the masquerade. Andy shows me the time warp through Google Maps. Yes. Um, and we're just waiting outside, and nothing eventful is happening until we get ready to um, to like go in. And I'm trying to remember. We go in. The doors open. All the young ones that were in front of us rush in to get on the rail. Yes. And at this point, we've kind of sized up the crowd from the outside. Yeah, We're like, the people that just rushed to the rail, they're here for whatever opener that didn't matter. Oh, right. That was when they had that weird... Okay, I'm remembering this now. They had that weird yeah. opener that was like a punk, heavy punk band. Yeah. yeah. But they were all there for that. So we've like, we can take our time. I think we were sitting in the back. We, we had us a few brewskis. Yeah. Got nice and loosened up. And uh, then as soon as that punk band started playing, and as soon as you could tell their set was winding down, we're like, it's time to make the move. Go. So, <laughs> so like a running back in the NFL, we're finding the holes, we're shooting the gap. <laughs> we both end up on, right on front for Authority Zero. Yes. Was the band that played right before Streetlight. Yes. And I'll never forget going to the fake it till you make it thing. He throws the mic into the crowd. Oh, yes. Right into my face. I have no idea what the words to the song are, but the part he was at was like, oh, and I could do that. I figured that much out. And he's like the whole time, like looking at me, like the whole band thinks I'm a huge fan because I figured that part out. And I'm just like, whatever. Here we are. But I remember because of that, we specifically got two bottles of water thrown to us during that set. Yep. And we became everybody's best friend because we were holding on to two water bottles. All right. And we shared, though. We shared. 
Yeah, we did. Proper concert etiquette. Yeah. And by share, we completely devoured half of those bottles and then threw them to whoever the fuck wanted to drink out of them. Hey, you know what, though? I've had somebody catch a bottle right in front of me, crush it empty in their mouth, and then not share. (laughs) Yeah, that's rude. And then that Streetlight show was awesome. And it it was was real good. It was real good. Next time was Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake, right? Yes, and they flip-flopped on us. We thought Real Big Fish was supposed to be closing. And Less Than Jake ended up closing. Yeah, we realized Less Than Jake did not age gracefully, but they still sounded pretty good. Yeah, they sounded pretty good, but we realized with like three songs left in the set, we could miss traffic if we left, (laughs) and we decided... Well, we already dealt with the freaking traffic from the Red Bull luge. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So the the Red Bull street luge was going on in Atlanta on the exact same street as the Masquerade. So getting to the Masquerade, we got rerouted. Seven ways to Sunday <laughs> before disaster. we finally get there. But no, we're, the funny thing is, is like we're sitting outside and you see all the people dressed up in their different luge costumes and stuff like that. Cause that's where their like VIP staging was at the masquerade. Yeah. And all yeah. me and Andy kept thinking, we're like, man, how do we get in there? Right. Like, is there somewhere we can go pay to go in there? Right. <laughs> because I just wanted to see more of these luge, luge things that were being made. Yeah. It was and awesome. like, like, because I remember vividly there being the one person they did the turtle van, and the four dudes yes. were all dressed up as the Ninja Turtles. Yes. And it's like, I want to go talk to them. Those are my people. Let me yeah. go. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but yeah, that was that wasn't the bomb threat. That was the luge thing. No, the going last on. time you and I ever went to the old masquerade was the bomb threat, though. Yes. So there yes, was, was a there was a bomb threat in downtown. Something was strapped to an overpass, right? Um, and we were like, how are we going to get into downtown? Yeah. I, I just remember Google rooted us through this really nice neighborhood that went from really nice neighborhood to the masquerade instantly. And oh, it, yeah. Yeah. it threw me off so bad because that is yeah. not the way we got rooted when we came down for the luge thing. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. We got rooted all, all to eventually find out this quote unquote bomb threat was an art project from uh, Georgia Georgia University or one of the universities down there in Atlanta, Georgia State, I think. Yeah, it was it was something ridiculous like that. <laughs> yeah, it was some, some art project or something and freaking yeah. shut down highways. Yep. Um, but, but that was when Vinny met us down there? Yes, when my friend Vince met us at the show. He took Marta down. That was also the time they had... So the chain link parking lot is gone in this day of the masquerade. It is a much nicer, uh, less scary area. Yep. Upscale meaning apartment stuff. Parking there, is too. even more confusing because there is none of it. Um, but the masquerade in being very nice, just let everybody park in the music park. Cause it's basically a field. Yep. <laughs> so I remember we had to like, you know, drive my car through that field and just, uh, just park back there. Yep. Um, and oh, that streetlight show was insane. It, there was also some insane things that happened at that streetlight show. So we yes. are at a streetlight show, and I notice to my right, I see a face that I recognize. Right. I have not talked to this person about being at the streetlight show, but I see that person. Oh, right, right. And right. that person acknowledges my existence. So I'm like, I'll need to remember that they're over there. I need to go talk to them at some point, at least to let them know I acknowledge them. But like we've mentioned before, we're at the masquerade. Me and Andy are on the front row 
we don't have time to think about these things. No. We're in full defensive mode. This is we're, also we're a in show se- of not up yes. and die. Yes. We're in self-preservation mode. Yes. There absolutely. is a kid, man, something to our right. He is I am large. I, I am at the time of this show, I am 285 pounds. Yep, I'm right there with you. And this guy is easily double me. He was he was two of us and then some. All right. Yes. We're just strictly explaining the size of this man. He he's a lar- a large individual. Yes. So and as we've at some point ahead, in the show, go oh, go ahead. You're saying as we no, no. You you tell this part. I'll just I'll <laughs> okay. I'll make my statement at the end of you. You're explaining <laughs> okay, it. Okay. So as we're, I think you were launching as we said the masquerade in heaven because all these shows that we've talked about so far are in heaven, it is hot. It is very very hot. Once again, no matter what, we see street light in the middle of summer. Just cause, um, so it's it's scorching in there. It gets to a point um, where uh, the, the the larger dude to uh, Ben's right um, and my right, I guess, right? Uh, he needs to get out. Yeah, to um, get out of the pit at the masquerade, you have two possible. options. You have two options. You can try you to fight your. You got to bulldoze backwards. Yeah, I've done it. Or done it. if you are small enough. They will can, pick you up over the rail. No oh, issue. Oh yeah, too, too. Yeah, they will. They'll pick you right up. Right, you're just like, hey, I need out. You put your hands up, get some kind of attention, go into the security guard, and he'll pull you right out. Yeah, plenty of people. I mean, the same thing happens right when people crowd surf. They get kind of tossed over the ledge, and security, you know, helps you uh, make your way the fuck off the stage. Yep. Um, they do <laughs> swiftly. Yes, yeah, swiftly. And if you try to linger and you were oh, crowd surfing, you'll sternly. be dealt with. Sternly dealt with. I have seen dudes basically body checked out of the way. Yeah. So. I, I don't know his name, and I really wish I did. But the one, oh. the one security guard that we always saw that like is we it, would always make eye contact with. Is it the little guy who looks like no, Trent Reznor no. who never worked out? No. With the mohawk or no? No, it wasn't that dude. It was <laughs> um. God, he he had the dreads from time to time. <gasps> Oh, okay. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah he didn't there. always have dreads. He's still there. But he, know. Yeah, I know he's still there. <laughs> I, I'm, he might be the vampire. We don't know. It's true. That's <laughs> true. Oh, shit. We're going we're gonna to start a new new portion of this urban go. legend. But urban I remember legend. him looking as this large man is trying to give the signal of He's giving of giving the signal, up. like, pull the cord, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, he looks at the dude, he looks at the other security guard dude. Other they security both. guard, they both move forward to try to start pulling, and then both look at us. Like, <laughs> like you gotta we, help us here? <laughs> we need you. <laughs> so there's four of us trying to get this dude over oh the barricade. We've Finally get him over the barricade, and there is nothing graceful about nothing. how he falls <laughs> at all. No. Like, they help him get to his feet, and just like, I've never seen somebody shoot out so fast <laughs> in my life. Like, he gets to his feet and gets pushed, and it's just like, nope, nope, it's nope, nope. over, but we were discussing this later. And, uh... Yeah, we're talking about this, and I... Look over, and I tell Andy, if I am ever in that situation, there's only one reasonable response. If you are so big that you cannot be pulled over the barricade without four people helping you, you just have to admit your life is over. You need to nut up and die (laughs) for the sake of everyone 
just go ahead and drop dead right there and save everyone a lot of trouble. It's it's over at that point for you. Yeah. So but besides that, that show ends up being a really, really good streetlight show. I think it was the first time you got to see their most recent album at the time. Yes, it um, was. Because there was there was like a weird show in between a streetlight where you and I didn't go. I went. Somebody was supposed to meet me there. That person uh, ended up getting arrested, and I saw Streetlight alone. Oh, and that was right after that album had come out. So you got to see the the new album that I had seen in the previous concert. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so as the night went on, you know, Streetlight's yes. over. We we roll over and we meet up, and I, I talked to, to to my friend that I knew there, and there was another friend that I knew there. Um, they were they like they were there, so we're sitting there and we're just having a good time and we're getting ready to leave and they're like, yeah, we took Marta, so we're just gonna walk all over there. So us trying to be nice, we're like, yeah, we'll give you a ride over tomorrow to Marta. Yeah, because we're giving we're, we're giving, giving Vince a ride, ride right? Yeah, yeah we, we had to take Vince already. Also, Vince Marta. bailed out on the the front row real quick on us. Oh, oh, Vince, I'll I'll give him shit for this too, but he that boy did that to me at my first Atlanta concert, which was at the Tabernacle. Oh, <laughs> he, 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 he jetted out of that rack on tours front row real fast. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to give, give everyone a ride back to Marta because like I said, me and Andy have driven down there and we get to the point where we're at the Marta station, but Andy can't get parked. No, there's so no place a, to park for this specific Marta station on North Avenue. Yes. It is just on so the side of the road. We're stopped in the middle of the road and downtown. and in downtown middle of the street and he's like right all right <laughs> let, let's go you guys got to go so door opens Vinny gets out middle passengers like i don't want to get out in the middle of the road other passenger other buddy that's there goes get the fuck out of this car this is her only chance and, and i'm screaming you gotta get the fuck out my car <laughs> yeah so literally kicks them out of the car all three of them go into marta speed off yeah, speed off. The, speed one off. of the, one of the friends that I had known apparently was fairly intoxicated and talked to yes. Vinny the whole way on the Marta, and Vinny's like <laughs> texting us updates. Yes, it as it best. goes on, and I'm just like, I, I don't feel, I, I don't feel bad. You know, this uh, this yeah. is what happens. But, but it, it does continue to uh, to uh, certify our bias that taking Marta to the masquerade is a mistake. <laughs> taking marta to the old masquerade was a mistake <laughs> to any masquerade is a mistake now uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's a story for a little later a little later yeah we'll tell that story yeah, a little bit later um but go ahead and tell your story that i find so amusing oh yes i love this one okay so in supporting local acts i got to play at the masquerade uh, this was in 2009. I still remember it was like January 13th because it was shortly before my birthday. Um, I got to play a show at the Masquerade uh, through the company that was booking me at shows for a while when I played around Atlanta. So I was so freaking pumped because it's my favorite venue. I was so excited. So a few things. I was just playing a solo show. I was real excited. Going there with my acoustic guitar. I pull up. I'll include this picture too, just cause brag. I pull up, my name is in lights on the masquerade board, and and I was just speechless. Uh, one that they spelled it right, and two that Which it was if there. you if you haven't looked at his name either through Twitter or yeah. Facebook, it is a <laughs> my nightmare. last name is a challenge to say yeah. and spell. <laughs> so it was. 
the fact that they got it right, it was up there. It was in lights in the middle of Atlanta. I was, I was like, just, just, just one level away from tears. Uh, but that was fantastic. But so normally at these shows, I was usually one of the younger people to play, and I usually had a lot of people, a lot of friends there who also could not stay out super late, because um, either we were all at the end of high school or early college. This was the end of high school. Uh, was it end of high school or might have been college? No, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely college. Yeah, sorry. All right, so I usually end up being the first one to open the shows. One, because I'm the only one who volunteers, and two, I want to get my get my set done. And you know, if people need to leave, they can leave. So I get up there, and you know, I have my electric acoustic guitar, and I'm going to plug it in. And I'm in the hell stage, so if you've been there, you can imagine this tiny, weird, dark stage. There's a weird disco ball in the middle of the uh, of the floor there, uh, up above it. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm trying to hook up and get levels set up. And I hook in my acoustic guitar, and there's nothing coming out of it. An and electric set, acoustic. Yeah, electric acoustic. There's just no, 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 nothing coming out of the the monitors, and I'm like, uh, what's going on, bro? And the sound guy is this old man with this ginormous long beard, long white beard, and he's like, oh, I think your battery's dead, man. And I was like, oh shit. Guess what? I don't have in my bag an extra nine volt battery for the preamp in my acoustic guitar that I never imagined would die. So. He's like, shoot, yeah, we might just have to mic you up. And I was I was not excited about this. So then he stands there. He's not standing on the stage with me, right? He is all the way across at the sound booth. He's just talking to me through the monitor. So he's standing at the monitor, and then I he's standing at the sound booth, and I see him stand up and go, wait, I think there's an extra battery right there. And he just points down next to my feet. And there's a 9-volt battery sitting right there. <laughs> I just was like, oh, okay. So I pick it up, pop it in, and it works perfectly. And I play my favorite and last ever live show at the Masquerade. And that is, uh, that's Ben's favorite story about my uh, local music playing days. Dude, the battery wizard is what he will forever be known as to me. He's the battery wizard because he just pointed... There's a battery right there. And I was like, yeah, I just, oh, that's just, it's just too good. It's, it's, it's too, too good. good. He could also it's be the vampire good. or he's the masquerade wizard. I, who knows? So many things. Who knows? Well, we so, have talked a lot about our stories. Yes, we have. And, uh, we actually, when we first came up with this idea, we went to the good old salt mine of Reddit. And yes. posted uh, asking for other people's memories, and <laughs> there were a lot of them. There's a lot of really good stories. I mean, I posted on our Atlanta, which which loves them some nostalgia, uh, yeah. especially Atlanta nostalgia, and uh, that post ended out with 77 comments. Yeah, there were a lot of comments, and there's yeah. there's one story that really stood out above the rest to me. Um, yes, I want to hear it. <laughs> uh, where, where was it? You've got the one that really is, is the best. Oh, I got, uh, I got the winner of the thread, but I'm yeah, going to let you, you go got, first. You got, the, you got the winner of the thread. Yeah. Um, 
But there's also one that a, a kid, a uh, Redditor by the name of Spooky Farts, um, <laughs> his first concert there was was in heaven. It was Weird Al Yankovic. Yes, says, I'm so glad you're telling this one. I was standing in the back on a chair, and Weird Al <laughs> yelled out between songs, this one goes out to the kid in the back with the glasses, not. So uh, <laughs> basically, this kid's first concert was Weird Al, and he gets made fun of by Weird Al through the entire <laughs> concert. So I I thought that was awesome that he would post that. Right, the um, fact that he talked about being heckled as an 11-year-old uh, at a Weird Al concert, which, man, that 11-year-old at the masquerade sounds like a mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've um, never seen a kid that young there, but that's horrifying. Yeah. But <laughs> another thing that surprised me reading through these is there were so many people that traveled from so far away to come to the masquerade. Um, got somebody said they came from Pensacola. They were a student oh, at yeah. Auburn and would come up on the weekends for the electronic shows. Um, oh yeah. I would constantly like, you know, be talking to people in line and they'd be like, Oh yeah. I drove here from South Carolina. I drove here. Like, they, and I'm like, what, how'd you know this place existed? Right. Yeah. That, that was, that was, that surprised me too. Also how many people met like their future significant other or like, their yeah their future wife or husband at the masquerade because the masquerade was known for having a ton of like dance parties and you know raves eventually right it turned into raves but there's a lot of dance parties and disco nights you know electronic nights that would happen because my manager at work was like oh yeah i remember going there for like to like dance and talk to girls but he doesn't remember going to any actual concerts there <laughs> so he's like he's like i might have gone to a concert there but i don't remember it he's like but i remember going there to dance which so, i didn't the, and, ever go to any of those things which i'm kind yeah, of sad I another think. another common uh another common theme across everybody was if you were in heaven and the floor didn't feel like it was going to cave in were you really at the masquerade uh, yeah. because yeah, yeah that was that well, was sketch the floor and, did cave in one time. Yes. And then there's yeah. another one. Um, and this dude basically goes, he, he states in his user post that it's a throwaway because I was breaking the law. Um, <laughs> username RIP underscore mask. Um, oh, yes. He apparently snuck into a college sorority party <laughs> underage using a oh, fake yes. ID. And, uh, <laughs> So he shows up, and the door guy's like, get your IDs out if you're drinking. He goes to serve the ID. Um, door guy basically calls him out on it being a fake, but lets him in. Of course, doesn't like give him a wristband. Right, right. But tells him tells him he's keeping his fake, and he's like, next time. Door, this is door guy telling him, don't use the generic hologram stickers. You'll have better luck with no hologram. <laughs> so basically, door guy giving advice on how to fake it. You know, he's trying to help a bro, help brother out, man. Yep. So he gets in a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old friend of his uh, gave his wristband to him, but door guy spots him, um, <laughs> and then basically he's getting ready to kick him out. And door guy's like, you know, how many did you get? And he's like, oh, whatever. So basically, he gets escorted and kicked out for um for this, but in such a nice manner. It wasn't like he was thrown out or beaten up or anything like that. Um, but door guy's basically like, oh, nice. You got two beers, one last week and then get out of here. You know what I mean? Like lets him finish the beer he has <laughs> yeah. and then sends him on his way. 
And I was like, knowing knowing the people at the masquerade, you I can, can see it. I I can, I can see, see the whole story happening, and I know oh, they yeah. probably don't appreciate me telling that story, <laughs> but I had I read it, and I was like, no, I can completely see everything, oh, everything yeah. that occurred in your story, and like you normally would hear a story like that and be like, no way that happened, but if you ever yeah. went to the masquerade. Pretty sure that happened a lot. Pretty sure that happened quite a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So go ahead and tell the winner yes. of this story, and you better All make right. sure you credit that uh that user there, that redditor. Oh, I'm definitely going to credit that redditor. Um, let me let me make sure I pull up his username. Okay, his username is ll. 448t so they are also posting from an alt because their main account the main account is banned from our atlanta i don't even want to know why honestly i do not i, um, I, I kind of want to know <laughs> i have no interest but if you if, if he listens and wants to tell us sure so basically so he's you know he said he's using his alt his main accounts banned but one of my favorite mes- memories this is his words uh was near the end of the old masquerades uh run so he was seeing a band called deaf heaven in hell and it just so happened that that same very same night like we've talked about sometimes very different acts will be playing on different levels um so on that same night which i'm guessing deaf heaven is a metal band just because i'm just uh generalizing there on what bands played in hell um so he's seen deaf heaven in the hell and it just so happened that icp was playing that night insane clown posse was playing hey, that hey, thank you one second before you continue yes i have to tell about my my dark times listening oh, no. to icp Are you, do you have to <laughs> i don't but i am so okay. it was funny it had to be this band i'm not a huge fan of icp but there was one point where one of their songs played on my Spotify and I listened to it more than one time. And all of a sudden Spotify has decided that, that you everything, are an ICP yeah, fan. That I am an ICP fan. So I, I'm hearing ICP song after ICP song. The issue was once <laughs> I listened to one or two of them, I was like, they aren't half bad. But then you hear one of their like, you hear another song by them, and you're like, oh my god, why? <laughs> why? So there was no in-between whatsoever. <sighs> um, but it, if you know what Insane Clowns and Posse is, you know a lot about it is the... Violent, what is it, Violent J and Shaggy yeah, Two Dope? Something like that, right? They, and, they're, and they're the clowns. The juggalos. They the, yes. So they get a lot of shit. But they're really good people if you listen and look at what they do for charities and stuff in their local right. areas. They, but they attract a a segment a, of the population that is unfortunate. Yeah, they, it's a yeah, it's a very distinct part of the the population that yes. they attract. They and just, uh, we could go into a whole podcast about about that, but. Anyway, so ICP is what ICP is, right? So they're playing above them that night during the middle end of the set. Uh, everybody kind of starts feeling liquid dripping on them. And they thought, like we talked about the masquerade's hot, they thought it was just sweat from other people, you know, hair flying around, you know, thought it was just sweat dripping. And then they realized (laughs) that this liquid was coming from the ceiling. It was raining fucking Fago. If you don't know what Fago Fago. is, it's basically (laughs) knockoff Sunkist. It's so bad, but it is it is heavily associated with Juggalos. They love them some Fago. 
<laughs> the fact that at an ICP show, so much Fago got spilled that it leaked through those shitty floors <laughs> into the other venue is just the most masquerade thing. It's yes. just, it's so good. It is so good. So I told that person they won the thread, and I was absolutely <laughs> going to share that story. Um, so that was my favorite one. I talked to him about the Dance Nights. Ben stole the Weird Al one. Um, somebody talked about seeing Dio there in the early 2000s, which sounds amazing. Yeah, I couldn't imagine Dio in that intimate of yeah. a setting. Dio there? I mean, I can't imagine the Foo Fighters there. Like, I mean, all... <laughs> It's awesome to think about the the really cool acts that have gone through there. And then also, if you know Gwar, Gwar was always at the masquerade. I felt yeah. like every other week I was seeing that Gwar was going to be playing at the masquerade. And previous guest Austin has would go see Gwar a ton and got to like sit down and talk with one of them there and just had a fantastic time seeing Gwar several times at the masquerade. Um so I, I, I enjoy because I've heard people always had great times at that shows, and I, I'm really sad that the, uh, I guess it was the lead singer, right, of Gore died not too long ago. And uh, I think they've stopped doing shows since. Uh, I might be wrong. I just haven't seen much about them touring. But another story I thought was interesting and in going back to The Haunting is somebody who at least says they used to work there made a comment um, on the thread um, so, uh, this user is love of climbing. So their story, they used to work there during the day and some nights and they would hang the posters. Uh, the venue was always lined with a ungodly amount of posters. Um, and it was posters on top shows. of posters. Yeah. They, Cause you know, the shows already happened. So they just plant those posters right on top of the other ones. So it was just ridiculous. Also the bathroom was nothing but band stickers. Yep. Which I loved. That was always really I used the bathroom there one time and decided never to do that again. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I used the the bathroom there one time, one time only. There was a black trash bag in the urinal, and things were weird, and I got out real quick. Yep. But anyway, so, yeah, the bathroom is its own thing. (laughs) Um, So they used to hang posters um, all up inside the venue. That was their their uh, job there and they were talking about how one day when hanging posters something tapped them on the shoulder when they were in heaven uh they paused their music stopped moving slowed their breath the tap didn't happen again but to this day it's a top 10 fear moment for them uh they also used to apparently the staff would you know laugh uh a lot about the rumors but working there during the day when the building was empty was very creepy to most people and also they the office was in the basement um and that's where you'd have to go down to get the posters i imagine um probably so, the closest to the vampire script i mean if the vampire's gonna live somewhere it's gonna be in the basement so you know they kind of they kind of did that to themselves um yep. those were some of my favorites plenty of stories about being there, like somebody talked about seeing Streetlight Manifesto four times there, so I was there for at least uh, three of those. So this person, uh, Minato P3, we were the same show at least three times. Um, they saw them four times, and each time getting progressively more and more nervous about the floor caving in. I can absolutely sympathize with that. And also the last time Ben and I saw the Streetlight there, we also decided that was probably the last time we wanted to be the, on the rail for a show ever. 
Yeah, yeah. When <laughs> we decided we are now too old. We are that too that old. era is over. Yeah. I'd um, say that, but I guarantee you if we get there early enough and I I pound a couple I mean, of PBRs, yeah, it's gonna it's, happen it's again. It's gonna happen. We're gonna get to the front, but I feel like we'll end up bailing out halfway through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. Um. Somebody talked about seeing Radiohead there, which is also really cool. Um. Just you know, once again, adding to the, to the really cool bands that played. You know, I, I heard stories just from friends in general that I was talking to about the Masquerade recently because I went to their new location. Um, and they were telling me about, you know, back in the early two thousands. Um going to raves at the masquerade and how um you know if you can imagine what the masquerade looked like when you walked in there was this huge staircase um right past the entrance to hell and purgatory this huge staircase that would take you up to heaven um and that took up a lot of space and also that staircase was quite treacherous like every time you know you got everybody i'm sure you remember Ben, everybody freaking running up those stairs and pushing and i was just always waiting for somebody to fall and get trampled yep um so they they talked about being at raves and like literally the place is just littered with people there's people sitting all over the stairs on the couches because there were couches in several spots at the masquerade i never, I never saw, saw a couch I, oh there was couches i we never went to those corners yeah there we was couches in in like certain corners of the upstairs if you like went across from heaven there was like another little yeah. area with couches and also in purgatory, which you and I never went into. No. Um, yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was about to say, I think we've talked about all we can about the old location. Yeah, Let's yeah, the, give the a old location. It, it had its time. I still think it's time should there. be here. I don't think it should have ever had to move, which sucks. No, but in uh 2016 is when the masquerade ended up moving from its uh, location at the old mill to what is now Underground Atlanta in Kenny's Alley. It's, What's been Underground Atlanta? Yeah, what was once Underground Atlanta. Well, it was once Kenny's Alley. Yeah, well, it's still <laughs> Kenny's Alley. <laughs> yeah, um, it's still but you still Alley. have the same heaven, hell, and purgatory layout down there just kind of spread out across the way. Yeah, I would, it's, it's, I would love to be able to talk about this, but the only time we've gone together, <laughs> we went yeah. to go see Streetlight, of course, and yes. the drummer missed his flight. So we had marted down there and were told that the drummer didn't make his flight. He wouldn't be until like midnight and that he would be coming from the airport to there. So they were thinking the band still might play. But as we mentioned, we had marted down there. Therefore, only thing we could do was leave because yeah. Marta stops running at midnight. Yeah. It, and, and people tried to argue with us about that point, which was also fun. And I was like, here, look at my smartphone that tells me the time the last train goes it's midnight or it's like 1 a.m or something like that but basically we were like yeah we're getting out of here because we're gonna be stuck right so yeah the uh, only thing i think we were upset about is at yeah. the time it happened if we had found out like 30 minutes yeah. earlier yeah we could have gone to a braves game because we were uh, there yeah that's right because that was while it was still sun trust yep or before it was sun trust we were it was still turner and we were you know not that far we were a marta bus away <sighs> yeah, we were we were still real close, but I have gone uh, not too long ago. So um, Underground Atlanta is a weird place, and I'm not going to get too in depth on it. But uh, it's a dead mall that's underground. 
It's underground it. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, it's a dead mall underground. Um, it's not in the greatest area of town. Um, which which is weird because to... it's surrounded by all the great things. Uh, now. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, the one pocket of nefariousness left. Right, right. So where the masquerade was got absolutely, I mean, to be totally honest, absolutely gentrified, gentrified, excuse me, um, where that old abandoned building we talked about across the street became this like multi-use facility now called Pond City Market that has offices and restaurants and apartments. Like Bookhead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 beautiful. Uh, it's a really cool place, and I wish the masquerade was still across from it. So the building that it was the old Excelsior Mill is now going to become like the shop at the mill or something like that, and it's going to be kind of the same. Uh, like they're saying, there's going to be some restaurants and um, multi-use space, maybe offices. What's been really weird is one, it's a historical building, so like we talked about, you can't really do much to the building. I think that's the problem they're running into because news on the development of that space has been very quiet. Um, not much has, has happened. It's still just kind of uh, fenced off. So Man. that's weird, right? Um, also, the masquerade right before they ended up at Underground Atlanta had secured another space. Uh, they had this like kind of warehouse-like space on the west side of the city that they had purchased were almost done renovating were going to open they'd already started announcing shows because that streetlight show had been announced for that new venue um and then at like the 11th hour uh there was a townhouse developer that was across the street these townhouses had been in progress for a few years but he had several contracts and I think he claimed at least one or two of those contracts had been backed out because they found out the masquerade was moving across the street. Uh, so he takes them to court and wins, gets them kicked out of the location that they just supposedly spent a sh- shit ton of money working on and getting set up. So it just so happens that the owner, or yeah, I guess now the original owner's son, had still some kind of relationship and lease with the old space of Kenny's Alley that, like we said, Dead Mall has literally sat empty for I don't know how long. Like, I don't know when that space was last active. Um, when Kenny's Alley was was bumping, from what I hear, not really ever. Um, but like Ben said, kind of similar setup. It uh, Instead of it being one building you walk into, though, it's like... You're in a, there's an outdoor space and you have heaven to one side and purgatory and hell to another. So just three totally separate entrances. I have now been to one show there at purgatory. Um, pretty nice space, way better than the old purgatory. I'll say that, uh, the old purgatory was, uh, rough. Um, in the fact that old purgatory, I guess, did you ever go to old purgatory then? No, I only went to shows in heaven. Okay. I, I had heard too many horror stories about hell and, hell and purgatory that I would only I, go if the show so was in heaven. I loved, I loved hell. That was a great spot for most shows. Um, but purgatory was like this weird space with tables, and there was an extra bathroom there. It was a one-person bathroom, so it was less scary, just so you know. Um, or but more then it scary. also, or more scary, depending. Yeah, and it had this weird, really big, like wraparound bar that took up most of the space, 
And then the, the actual stage was like off in the corner. And there was these huge heaters that sat above the stage. And if it was winter, that were not they had heated. these, no, they had these things turned up to 11 and they were just like smoking you out of the joint. Like it was horrible. It was so hot in there. <laughs> it made no sense. Um, I saw like one, I saw one band there during battle of the bands and I, I, I really enjoyed them. Um, and like got to meet them, but I just remember being like, man, I wish you guys had played in any other spot. Cause this was hard to sit through. Um, yeah. But uh, Purgatory now, and from what I hear, all the spaces are much nicer. Um, my thing is it it's cool because it it's it keeps some of the same feel right in the separation. Also, like we talked about, literally some of the same staff I remember seeing when I was there in 2005 is still there. So it's almost like this little time capsule of nostalgia when it comes to like, you're like, I've been seeing these people for more than 10 years every time I go to a show. But I don't, to me, it's lost some of its character. I it think had. the character's lost because the of the character's where lost. At. Yeah, because the whole underground Atlanta area is very drab to me and uninspired. And just yeah. kind of I will never go to a show down there by myself. Uh, yeah, so I just did that and it was scary. I know. Um, there's I know like no. Did. There's no proper directions as to like where to go if you are getting dropped off by an Uber, for example. So the Uber address, I'm going to tell the story. The Uber address drops you off above where the masquerade is. So like we said, it's kind of underground. Um, and then it tells you to go find these stairs. I, when I first got dropped off by one of my friends, um, she was like, I think this should be pretty close. And I was like, well, I've seen some of these other spots here. I'm sure I'll be able to get there. I go to the two spots I know with stairs or escalators or whatever, and they've been closed off. So I'm like, uh, so I end up having to kind of wander around, but like we said, this is not a great area. So it is not an area that you want to look like you don't know where you are or what you're doing. Fake it till you make it. You ha- Once again, the masquerade continues its reputation of fake it till you make it. So I had to walk around and act very much like I knew what the hell I was doing. Um, I eventually found a set of stairs that I thought would lead me down there. It was blocked off by a boulder and a metal pipe. Um, I then went like across another road, found a set of stairs at the side of a, like an overpass, and I was like, oh, let's go down these stairs in the middle of downtown. <laughs> this will be fine. Uh, end up in a back alley near the abandoned world of Coke. Uh, <laughs> And I can see the venue at this point and a security guard. And I'm like, can I please come in through here? And he's like, no, you got to go to the main entrance. And I'm like, how the hell do I find the main entrance? Uh, He gives me very bad directions, which involves saying either turn right or left on this street. I'm not sure. And uh, I eventually find a parking garage that has like a, a link to a, uh, a bridge that leads me to the masquerade. So I got to finally see the show, but I was, I was a few minutes away from giving up and once again, failing to see a show at the new masquerade. <laughs> and that would have been two in a row. Yeah. Over it two. was not, it was not happening. I was, I was yeah. going to get there, but that is our story of the masquerade. Yeah. It is. It is if memories of a quote unquote lost venue. Cause while it's still their name, 
it's not, not the same. same man it's not the i same. want them to move i want them to move somewhere else and try to recapture character but i don't know i, I almost wish some kind of magical thing could happen and they could uh end up back in the old spot like what kind of freaking homecoming party would they have to throw if they did too oh dude i i, I couldn't imagine <laughs> it if, would uh, be insane yeah but it won't happen so we'll just have to dream about it <laughs> dream dream of a better time better place yeah so if you have some good masquerade stories and you didn't contribute to our reddit post because no. you didn't know it existed and all of you redditors that know. we mentioned yeah, all you redditors we mentioned, we will give you a shout out in the show notes as well to let anybody know yes. if they might want to see if you have any other exciting stories floating around the Reddit verse. Yeah, I'm gonna throw that. I'm gonna throw that whole post in the show notes. I'm gonna throw the link yeah. there. So if you want to scroll through, there's there's plenty of stories we didn't get to because then it would have just been us reading 77 comments. Yeah, yeah. So no, nobody been, wants that. No, no, nobody would. But yeah, I mean, thank thank all of you guys as always for listening. Um, I know we normally do our what have we been doing this week, and I think you've kind of heard what we've been doing this week. It's been putting this podcast together because um, there was a lot of legwork that went into this one. Yeah, this, so, one took, <laughs> this one took some more work. so than our uh, usual. Yeah, yeah, it took perusing that you know setting up that post and perusing it and. Uh, yeah. Doing a little more research because I wanted to do some. Uh, I think we both wanted to do justice to uh, one of our favorite concert venues. Yeah. I, I still um, don't think we did the justice we would like, but it's the best that we could do yeah. with our abilities. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but thanks everyone once again for listening. Um, don't forget that if you're listening to us on any podcast site that gives any chance to review or rate, give us those ratings so that we're easier to find. Um, especially if you're on, you know, our website through Facebook, um, rating us on there, liking us, share us with your friends. If you're enjoying it, if there's specific episodes, uh, we usually put a post out for any giving episode, or you can just link it, um, through the website podcast dot too young to be this old.com. Uh, we never expected when we started this podcast for it to kind of grow the way it has. Um, nope. By the th- but by the time this episode hits, we'll probably have easily cleared our, our 300 listen mark. But thank everyone that's listened and has given us the motivation to keep doing this. We're really glad to see your feedback and, and please keep it coming. And if you've got a friend you think would like us, share us with your friend, because that's the only way that we can really get this to the grow is with your help. Um, but for yeah, everything you've abs- done so far, absolutely. thank you. Yeah. Just echoing those thoughts, and yeah, like Ben said, a lot of uh, playing and watching since the last recording. I guess not too interesting. It's been a lot of just getting ready for this and work. Yeah. So we've had both pretty boring weeks leading yeah. up. But yeah, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of people reach out to me and tell me that they're enjoying it, which which I love to hear. I've had people I work with that I never expected to listen or maybe wanted them to listen. Um, <laughs> talk to me about the show which was an interesting experience to say the least but uh they had nothing but good things to say and uh also uh said they want to hear about wrestling more uh so uh they they were their their way about indie wrestling so if we do an indie wrestling cast um which I think hey uh speaking of speaking to. speaking of of vinny yeah does his last name start with a d yes yeah okay 
Why is that? Because uh, he he as we're sitting here recording this one, he just liked a post that we made. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. We were literally just talking about you. That's fantastic. All right. Yes. Cool. Oh, but <laughs> but yeah. Once again, it's been great hearing from everybody, and feel free to post on our page. If you have something that you want to hear us talk about, like if there's something you think would be really funny or, you know, entertaining in whatever way to hear us discuss. Or um, if there's something you want to come on and talk to us Yeah, or, or if about. you have a topic you're real passionate about um, that you think we would also enjoy discussing, you know, let us know. And we're always open to, uh, to ideas for new episodes. We kind of keep just uh, coming up with these every few weeks. We come up with a list and work through them. So sometimes it's random inspiration. Sometimes it's planned out. So Yeah, sometimes um, something happens and we have to go on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but if that's all for me, I guess that's probably all for you too, Ben. Yep, that's all I got, that's man. All. And, you know, uh, like we always say, regardless of when you're listening, enjoy your day to the fullest and can't wait to hear from you all in the future. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. See ya. See ya.